I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Jane, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hello there, and thanks for tuning into the show today. This is Once Upon a Gene, and I'm your host, Effie Parks. I only have one way to describe today's guest. One fierce mama bear. Her ridiculously adorable son, Jacoby, was born with thanatophoric skeletal dysplasia. It's due to a mutation in the FGFR3 gene. Thanatophoric dwarfism is a severe skeletal disorder. Little Jacoby no doubt has as much strength and determination in his little body as his mom does. You have to follow Jacoby on Instagram at babybays19. He's the cutest little guy you're ever going to see, and his mom posts just really beautiful and thorough updates uh, about Jacoby and his big brother and their life with this rare disease. My guest today didn't skip a beat when it became clear that she was going to need to become the advocate for her son and herself. When she was pregnant, she was advised that a medical abortion might be the best route for her considering Jacoby's diagnosis. She had other plans. I love her story so much, and I'm in awe of her badassery and conviction. You're going to love her. Please enjoy my conversation with Ashikwa Lacey. Thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. I'm really excited to meet you and learn a little bit more about you and your son. Hi, thank you for having me. So tell me about little Jacoby. He's 18 months now, and he was born with a rare form of dwarfism, called thanatophoric skeletal dysplasia. And basically what it did was a gene mutated and caused him to have short limbs, a very small rib cage, as well as his lungs being very small, which is why he's ventilator dependent. Mm. Did you find out about this diagnosis while you were still pregnant or was it kind of a surprise after he was born? I actually found out when we went to find out the gender. So I was 20 weeks pregnant when I found out. I didn't know he had that particular type of dwarfism, but they said that there were some abnormalities. What was that day like? Is that seared in your memory forever? Oh my gosh, yes. It was just weird. Like it was me, Jacoby's dad, and my son, Amir. So we were all excited. They were hoping it was a boy. I was hoping it was a girl. And the doctor, he was taking long. You know, normally they're like, oh, it's a boy or it's a girl. And you move on. But he was like kind of like his his excitement kind of went down. And I remember Jacoby's dad saying, okay, can I go out now? And I was like, yeah, go ahead. We're done. And he was like, you may want to sit down. And I was like, what just happened? And then that's when he was like, you know, his femur looks shorter than it should. And after that doctor's appointment, I literally had to go to another hospital and I was, the ultrasound probably took like an hour and they were just measuring and 
looking at Jacoby and doing a bunch of stuff, but they still, they couldn't necessarily say what it was yet, but they said that whatever it was, was lethal. That surprises me that it wasn't just a tech on that first appointment who couldn't tell you anything and make it even more nerve wracking. I'm glad you had a doctor there, I guess, that wasn't necessarily having to wait to deliver anything to you. Yeah, my OB, he seen it. And then the doctor that I went to was a maternal fetal medicine doctor. And that's the one who was like, something is wrong. So what did they tell you once they knew about the exact form of the skeletal dysplasia form of dwarfism? What did they tell you to expect? He basically told me that it was lethal and they actually advised that I terminate Jacoby because he wouldn't have a life basically and he made it like Jacoby would look really like different and deformed and... He said once he was born, um, they would put morphine patches on his cheeks and just let him pass away. What? Did you get a new doctor after that? Uh, It Honestly, it took a few months. Uh, I still kept going to him. He still kept, even once I told him I was keeping Jacoby, he kept telling me like basically Jacoby was going to die, like every appointment. And then one day, and I actually did end up reporting him, but he was still my doctor And one day he had been called to do something. And it's like God sent me the perfect doctor. Like she was a black woman. She was a God fearing woman. And she was just perfect. Like the the rest of my pregnancy was easy. Like just on a mentally mental level. Physically, Mm -hmm. I didn't go through anything. I had normal stuff. I didn't have morning sickness. Physically, I was okay. It was more of an emotionally and mentally type of draining pregnancy than physical. Yeah, I mean, that'd be huge. That just hurts my heart, though. I've heard so many moms tell me that doctors recommended that they aborted the child because there wouldn't be any quality of life because they were carrying a rare disease. And that's just not the case. And it's it's such a close-minded and archaic form of medicine when you're delivering something like that. It is. And I mean, in a way, I get doctors can't sell you dreams. You know, they can't say everything is going to be okay when everything isn't. For me, it's all about deliverance. The doctor that I had after him, she didn't say everything was going to be okay, but she was thinking the way I was thinking. This is the time that we have now. Let's do everything we can to make sure he does have a safe delivery. Let's make sure that everybody understands your wants and needs. So she never once said Jacoby was going to die. Jacoby was going to make it. But she stood by me because she knew that's what I wanted. She didn't sell me any dreams. She didn't say that everything was going to be, you know, rainbows and unicorns. She never said that. But when she understood what it is that I wanted, she made sure that she was the best doctor that she could be for me. And that's exactly what she did. That's amazing. She became your teammate and your advocate. And yeah, bringing peace to you as a mom and especially as a pregnant mom carrying a child like Jacoby that is everything. And I hope you're still in contact with her because she sounds amazing. So I don't really get to talk to her too often, but my tech, the person who did all of my ultrasounds, it was only 
one person who did Jacoby's ultrasounds for my whole entire pregnancy. And she's literally like, we don't talk every day, but I call her my sister. <laughs> she made sure any appointment I made, she was the one. When I had Jacoby, she came to the hospital. Every chance she gets, that doctor who said Jacoby wouldn't make it, she shows him, oh, remember Lacey Ashikwa? This is, this is her son, Jacoby. Every chance she gets, she shows him he made it. She shows him he looks regular. She shows him he's smart. He does this. And he doesn't have anything to say. Oh, my gosh. Just, oh, that's I good. love it. That's it. There's yes. people still out there fighting for you and your family. It's amazing. So what about after he was born? Were there the big scary things that happened like that first doctor had mentioned? Or were all of these people who came to surround you and support you kind of slowing things down a little bit and taking it step by step. And how was that? You know, my pregnancy, the delivery day was so smooth. Honestly, I had so much peace over me. I wasn't nervous and I had to get a C-section because Jacoby was also breached. Of course he was. So, <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> and that's another thing. He made it like because Jacoby's head was much bigger. Like he, he honestly couldn't flip because his legs were also too short to like do the whole kicking thing. So it just, it probably still wouldn't have worked out. So I had my OB and then it was our nationwide children's hospital. And then also the hospital where I delivered Jacoby. So all three of those, the, those, I had three different teams. <laughs> it was probably like 20 people in a room when wow. I delivered him besides me and his dad. And it was, it happened so fast. I remember that doctor told me Jacoby would be born and because his lungs are so small, he would not come out crying. Jacoby came out screaming <laughs> so loud. And I remember I just kept asking his dad, what does he look like? Because that doctor made it like, you know, if I'm going to have a baby that's going to look different, like, let me see first yeah. <laughs> so I can just, you know, come to terms that, you know, he may be just look a little sure. different. And his dad was like, he looks like a regular baby, like that. He just looks he looks like a baby. And then I seen him and I was just like, oh, my, you don't look nothing like he said you would look. He had a head full of hair, juicy lips, big cheeks. He was six pounds and 13 ounces. And he told me that Jacoby wouldn't be more than four pounds. If four pounds. I love how many things just got slammed down the moment he came out. I love that. Oh my gosh. It was, everything did happen fast. Like my baby, he could, he didn't stay at the same hospital as me. He was taken directly to Nationwide Children's Hospital. And I actually ended up getting an infection because the very next day I'm like, there's no way I can be in a hospital away from him. So they were like, if you sign these papers, you know, if something happens, you're basically saying that it's not our fault. So every time I wanted to leave until I was actually discharged, I had to sign papers to, to leave to go see him. Oof, sorry about your infection. You bad girl, though. <laughs> oh, my good. I was in pain. And then the one day I left my pills. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was dying there. Dying. So there was probably a team ready then, right? Like other than the ones in the, your delivery room, there was there were people ready at the children's hospital where he was at who knew at least a little bit about what they were dealing with. Like they had probably seen other patients like Jacoby. No, honestly, it was one doctor who was also a rude doctor. He tried to get me to sign an NDA on Jacoby and... 
he was the only one who had dealt with a baby like Jacoby. I was in a room probably, it was like maybe 20 doctors and it was me and his dad. And we were having like this meeting about making sure everybody was on the same page. So while everybody is saying, you know, if this happens, if we're able to, I said, you know what, let's just cut all of this. I need each person in this room to raise their hands if they ever dealt with a baby like my son. Everybody sat there and just looked like, I said, okay, so therefore, I'm going to let y'all know what it is that we are going to do to make sure that we get him home. Oh, my God. And they were just like, okay. I would go heads up with doctors, nurses, whoever. I can't tell you how many people I was talking to them. I'm like, who's in charge of this floor? (laughs) Give me somebody. I I mean, they would see me coming and say, up. It's Jacoby. Everybody make sure Jacoby is good because I didn't play about my son. Sometimes people do their jobs because of the money. Everybody that's a doctor doesn't want to be a doctor. Everybody that's a nurse doesn't want to be a nurse. And I could always tell who those people were. I don't want them back in my son's room. Oh my gosh, I have the biggest smile on my face. Just imagining being in that (laughs) setting and watching you delegate. I love it. Oh man, when I went, I had to tell one of the doctors about himself, big black dude. It was a bunch of residents and he spoke over me. I cut him off so fast. I said, I am Jacoby's mom. I am the number one person on his team. Don't you ever talk over me to speak to another doctor when I'm standing right here. All of those doctors' mouths were open. Some of the residents was just smiling. He probably was like a butthole. So they, somebody was happy that I said that never again did he do it I, I it was just oh this man. is so important and I also feel like you should share this part of your journey with parents because it's very daunting for a lot of us in the beginning and not having any experience with the hospital and doctors that you can be the advocate that you can be taking charge of the situation and not just be pushed around and you know kind of convinced to abort your child Yes, you do have to take charge. And honestly, everybody kept saying, like, you're such a great advocate. And I didn't even know that's what I was doing. I was just being his mom. I wasn't thinking about advocating. I wasn't even using that word. I was just like, this is what I want. This is how it is. I remember I told them Jacoby needed an MRI. They was like, we don't have any reason to give him an MRI. I said, yes, you do, because I'm telling you he needs an MRI. Babies like him can have, he had to get a decompression surgery, which he still has seizures, not often, but he does still have them. But it could cause him to just have seizures all the time. It's a pinching of the nerve in the back of the brain. Soon as they did the MRI, the neurologist was like, mom, that was the neurosurgeon. He said that was so necessary. Thank you for telling us to do that. And my baby got his surgery. Like, no, this is what y'all are going to do. I literally told the doctors about his diet, how much food he needed to eat because I did my research. I connected with moms whose children had this and I just made sure that they knew what they needed to do to keep my son here. He had bad days. He did. It's days I thought that I lost him. Like, Everything was not easy, but I just, I never thought that I wouldn't have a life without him. So I made sure that everybody knew he's coming home. 
Like literally every time they said, if he makes it, if I said, no, when he makes it, when we're talking about Jacoby Bays, I need y'all to change y'all's language because I don't do this. <laughs> I do win. Oh my God. I love it. Yes. So do you feel like after Jacoby's birth kind of brought out this force in you or had you always been like this? Honestly, I think that it changed me because I went through so much, like just emotionally so it's like this baby is here now what do I need to do to protect him like I have a 10 year old but you know when you have a a child that is the average child you know doesn't have any type of disabilities I've never had to do anything honestly but take care of Amir Amir never needed me to protect him in a way because something was going wrong or people were basically counting him out so with Jacoby it's like do they they must not know what I will do for him I will blow this hospital up don't don't play with me I don't know if y'all have seen John Q or not but I will Denzel Washington up in here I could listen to these stories all day. I think that he definitely brought out a different side of me, but I I know what God can do. And y'all are not about to sit here and tell me that my baby Mm. isn't going to make it. It, Five months in a hospital was a long time. But in my mind, I wrote down before he was even born, look to being in a hospital for six to eight months. He will not be home right away. I didn't think he was coming home right away. I told myself that already. And, and that's how, you know, I got through it. Dang, girl. So what happened when you finally got to bring him home? Man, oh my gosh, it was so good. I was just so ready for him to come home. Once he finally came home, I mean, it was simple. I did all Jacoby's cares. I went to the hospital every day. I gave him a bath. I did all of that. So when he came home, it was just like basically doing all of that without the nurses. I knew how to work his ventilator. I knew when he was breathing too hard, when he needed to be bagged. I just, I paid attention. I never wanted any of those doctors or nurses to be able to tell me something about my son that I didn't know. So I trained his nurses to take care of him once we got home. So it was, I mean, for me, it was smooth. It sucked because a month after he had been home, he was readmitted because he has a shunt. Because of his condition, he did have hydrocephalus, but it has been fixed in some sense just because now he has a shunt, so he doesn't have it anymore. But his shunt had actually been exposed, so he ended up getting bacteria meningitis, and that was the sickest I've ever seen my son. I've never seen him that sick in my life. So that part was hard, but he was there for a month and then he came home. I saw a video on your Instagram when you surprised Amir, his older brother, that he was home and I was crying. (laughs) It was the most beautiful moment. And I just loved seeing that sibling connection. And he had no idea. Amir was so he didn't even notice Jacoby (laughs) at first. He just walked in and. Then he seen him, but he was around. He was at his grandfather's house and they have a big, nasty dog. So I'm like, dude, don't get too close. Not check. Go get in the shower. You can hug on him, love on him. Because Amir didn't even get to see Jacoby until Jacoby was four months because it was during the flu time and they have flu restrictions and you have to be 12 years old to be able to go onto the floor and Amir was nine. So he didn't even get to actually physically see him until... April and he was born in January. How do you think that the 
situation with Jacoby has impacted Amir and just his development in general and him as a brother? So for Amir, I can honestly say it has matured him in a way that when people see Amir, he's 10. Everybody thinks he's older. He carries himself like he's older. I, for one, never babied Amir. Amir is very responsible. Amir, he knows how to cook on the stove. He knows how to wash his clothes. He does all of those things. So it's like Jacoby, he he takes care of him because it's just us three. So when I'm working 10, 12-hour shifts and I don't have a nurse, Amir is the one starting Jacoby's food. Amir is the one calming him down, making sure that he has the things that he needs. Only thing that Amir doesn't do for Jacoby is he won't pick him up by himself and he refuses to change diapers because he thinks it's weird <laughs> touching his butt. But that's wow. it. Do you feel any type of way that he did have to grow up faster than a regular nine-year-old kid may have? Honestly, Amir was growing up like this before Jacoby came. I think that it's important, um, especially for young black men, to know how to take care of themselves. So when I had Amir, Amir was going to be an independent man. I never wanted him to think that mommy has to always take care of me because then I don't want him depending on a woman all his life. That's something that is something that you see a lot. And I don't know. I think it doesn't matter what race. I never coddled him to think that he can't do anything on his own. So even before Jacoby, that is who Amir was. It's just now with Jacoby, Amir is literally a protector. He makes sure Jacoby is okay. If he sees I'm tired, he's like, mommy, you don't have to cook tonight. I'll make me something to eat. Like he's just very very aware of things that's going on. Even I gave Amir a two week break and he still could not help but try to help. And I'm like, Amir, go be a kid. Go play your game. It's okay. He's like, I'm just trying Man, to help. Rare disease siblings change the world. They always go on to do some of the most compassionate work out there and they're such an important part of this community. Yes, I agree. I think Amir will do he will do great things like he is he's such a lover and he he just he he just understands what's going on he just understands it's uh, jacoby has scared him sometimes where he's had to be bagged and amir was like traumatized but he's he's gotten over it since a little but the thought of something happening to jacoby freaks him out so Amir just definitely is so, so caring when it comes to him. What about you? How has this changed the way you parent or that you have kind of approached being a mom? I have better patience. With Amir, I did not have patience. I still honestly don't have great (laughs) patience. (laughs) Amir was a really big crybaby when he was little. Jacoby, he's going through this phase where he wants attention and you to rub his hair and stuff. But for the most part, Jacoby is very, he knows he's good. He's a very chilled, relaxed baby. And for me, he's, he's changed just everything for me. I don't, I don't complain about much. My life has taken a different turn of like just what I do as far as um like business wise and just a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff is changed. Yes, I connect with that for sure. You're more appreciative for 
um, the small things. Somebody complains about something. It's like I have an 18 month old who's had six surgeries, who still smiles, who has these, you know, he's connected to event and he's still just he's living his life. Those comments just kind of whiz by, you know. Yeah. Yeah, he's still so young, and I feel like you've come so far in your advocacy. Yes, we'll call it that. Is there anything specific, like any type of resource that you found that helped you navigate through, you know, everything from talking to doctors to managing nursing care at home or anything like that? Is there anything that you could help direct parents to that was really pivotal in helping you kind of direct your focus? Honestly, it was just, I swear it was just me and God. I didn't have that. Like I have one parent that I was close to. Her name is Erin and her son has the same condition as um, Jacoby. His name is Charlie. He is nine years old and she helped me quite a bit with just understanding different things. But as far as like just balancing this life that I have now, like since Jacoby has been home, um, I see a lot of parents who who do have children with special needs and they're like, this is hard. It's not easy. This role, you know, I have days, I'm tired, I'm exhausted. The tired, yes, but see, I'm a working mom. I don't have the luxury of being like a stay at home mom and doing that. No, I work literally 10 hours a day sometimes 12. I'm a single parent. And I started two businesses, wrote a book and did all of that with my son being 18 months and having a 10 year old. For me, it gave me a different type of drive. I don't, I'm never exhausted from, from Jacoby. It's, it's my day to day lifestyle. I don't have, like, I don't think for me personally, being a special needs mom is hard. I have a great support system. And if I want to do something, I went to Texas in the middle of a pandemic, which is kind of crazy. I, I stayed away from my baby, didn't kiss him, but self-care is very important. I'm not going to stop living and being who I am because I have a son with special needs. That's not an option for me. I'm, I'm 31. I'm not old. I I still have a life that I want to live. Do I live my life differently? Yes, but it doesn't stop me. And I don't even have like, some people have a husband. Some people actually, you know, have other people. It's me and my two kids. That's it. There's so many nuggets in there that we could break apart that are so important. And it's really a true explanation of resilience and boundaries. And I hear you on that self-care thing. It's important. Yes. Yes. What about your book? You mentioned your book. Can you tell everybody a little bit about it, what it's called and where they can find it? Yes. So I self-published a book. um, It's called Jacoby and Me, and it is about Amir and Jacoby. And the book is basically just Amir's point of view of having a sibling with special needs and just kind of explaining Jacoby's condition in lamest terms, because it can get super deep. And when people Google it, they I've been taking a break from social media, but I'll get there in a second. But so the book is basically um, Amir talking about Jacoby, explaining his condition, but also just explaining to people that even though Jacoby may look different, he's just like any any other baby. You can purchase the book at Jacoby, which is J-A-K-O-B-I 
www.amebook.com. And currently right now, I'm still doing free shipping, probably for like another month or so. Just because with everything going on, I'm like the last, I know sometimes for me, shipping deters me from even keeping my card. I'll say, you know what? Maybe I should just come back. So... <laughs> For the time being, um, I'm still doing free shipping and stuff, but I had just realized I haven't been on my social media and it's because the world is so wicked. Like it's so many people every day who talk about Jacoby and it's just so weird to me that people take time out of their day to go to a little boy's page to say that he's he's stupid or he's funny looking or he his life isn't worth living so i just took a break plus i have like this business stuff going on but i do try to update people as much as possible so you also can follow us at um baby bays which is b-a-b-y-b-a-y-s one nine just get a look at jacoby and he really he, he enjoys life because it's the only life he May knows. all the trolls fall into the cracks. Oh my goodness, please. They need to fall somewhere. Yes. Did you actually meet your friend Erin on social media? Is that how you found her? Yes. Because see, I'm, I do Google a lot. I'm very resourceful. If I want to figure something out, I'll figure something out. So I ended up finding her, but they are in another state. So we've actually never met physically. But anytime I have questions or anything... Um, she she's always right there. Jacoby surprises her. So some of the stuff that Jacoby does, you know, her son, he started doing, you know, earlier or later. But when she's impressed by the things that he does, I'm like, I mean, she's been a mom to a TD baby for nine years. So she knows what she's yes. talking about. Awesome. I think that's so important. I have one of those too. just find that person that you can connect with, whether it's three in the morning to even just say like, this sucks, whatever it is, having that one person that you can yeah. go to that's not going to judge you that's going to, you know, just let you be you is so important in this journey for sure. It's very important. I'm just I'm happy. Can you also tell us, is there a place that anyone can go to to donate funds to Jacoby and your family? Yes. So he has a GoFundMe. I really, I, and I know this probably sounds like maybe not, I don't know, silly to some people, but I really, it's so weird sometimes for me still when people give to us because it's just like, I don't know. I've never really just had people just give. So I've really literally never promote his GoFundMe or his Amazon list because it's it feels sometimes just strange for me taking stuff from people. But he does have a GoFundMe. It's in our link. I don't I couldn't even I don't know what you would do to actually find it on GoFundMe because I do not promote it that much. But he does have a GoFundMe and he does have an Amazon list that is connected to our link tree on our Okay, I'll find it and connect it in the show because you never know who's listening. And yeah, that's the beauty of podcasting. So I'll ask. You don't have to. I'll put it on there. If you. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, I know I, get I it. have it, but I don't know how to get it. I get it. it. <laughs> I feel the same way. I mean, I had never been in the position where I was on the receiving end of things until my son was born. And people are so generous and everyone's always showing up in different ways. And that's one of them. And. I'm like, there's no way I'm going to be able to write thank you cards for all of this. So I don't even know where yeah. to start. People, people are it, amazing. When you 
And people are truly amazing, even in a group full For of For all trolls, those wicked trolls, there are a hundred more angels. Oh my goodness. Angels. It's a hundred, a thousand more. The people that have been connected through me and my son, just from social media, it's just like, it's amazing. I appreciate all of his followers. I, I literally try to respond to each person. If we have 200 comments, I'm literally writing 200 thank yous. Like y'all didn't even have to take this time out to write to us. So if I like it, if I don't say nothing, I make sure that I like it because nobody has to follow us. Like he is a little boy from Columbus, Ohio. He's not Beyonce, and he has more followers than I have on my personal page. <laughs> well, he's so adorable, and anytime I see a video of him, especially like with his tongue, I'm clicking because he's ridiculous. <laughs> I love him. Yeah, he's a trip. He doesn't like the camera, though, so sometimes it's very hard. He's gotten to the point where when he thinks you're taking a picture of him, he turns. He does not like the phone anymore. His dad said I created a phobia <laughs> because if he sees himself, he's like, uh-uh, what are you doing? So I just have one more question. I just want to know what you want people to know about your family and what do you want people to say or do when you're out and about with your little boys? I mean, I guess I just want people to take from us, regardless of having a child with special needs, just life in general. I promise you, like life goes on. Life goes on. Certain stuff happens, which makes makes comes with different challenges. But just never give up on anything that you want to do, because I, I promise you, there is no way like during this whole time, I've dealt with heartache. I've dealt with so much stuff, but it was never enough to keep me down from from pursuing my dreams and the things that I want to do. I don't want to say that my life stopped or couldn't go on because now I have a special needs child to take care of. If anything, Jacoby, Amir gave me something worth living for. Jacoby gave me more of a reason to live to do those things. I'm going to create such a life of luxury for both of my kids because they deserve it. So regardless of anything that someone is going through, just keep your head up. It always gets better. They took two years ago, they were telling me my son wouldn't make it. He would die in utero. He would only be here for three minutes. There's nothing that you can't do. Honestly, when you want to do something, consistency is key. You stay consistent at it, you can get it done. Even if, you know, some people, everybody doesn't believe in God. You don't got to have faith, but you can still have hope. Things can get done and will get done when you put in the work. Don't think because you, if you do have a child with special needs that you can't do something because, because you can. People do what they want to do. If you want to do it, you'll do it. I know I did. What a beautiful testimony and amen. <laughs> Thank you so much for being such a badass example of resilience and of just empowerment. And as a woman in general, I really appreciate hearing your story. And I'm so looking forward to continuing to following you and helping in any way I can to spread the message that you just so beautifully laid out. So thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, 
please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate you all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. Ha 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 